Hello. Welcome to the Second Button Podcast. This is season three, episode five on Netflix yes. and yes. on the DVD. Okay, so it matched up. It I like matched that. up. This yeah. one's called The Library. This is a very classic episode. Very good episode. And the, when they wrote the episode, they were inspired by Dragnet. Okay, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, they, <laughs> a character, yeah. um, not like it's going to fucking spoil anything. Bookman is very Dragnet-y. Yeah, and that's what he said. <laughs> they said they wanted to drag very, it into a sitcom and see how very it worked. Ju- and it, it very worked. Joe Friday. I like yeah. that. So, anyways, getting into it. Uh, starts off with a you know uh, you know stand up bit about uh, ventriloquist dummy like kind of a riff that Jerry's going not really so much of a joke just him kind of talking about you know the it's not really funny dummies <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hmm? not really funny he's just talking yeah <laughs> and he's like like oh yeah you ever notice how these you know ventriloquist dummies have a very like active sexual social life. Like bringing them back to the suitcase, lots of sawdust jokes and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I luckily haven't seen many ventriloquist performers or comedians. It seems like a talent for sure, you know, like just not one that I'm impressed with. (laughs) It's a talent that I don't care for. (laughs) Yeah, and or want to see. It makes you sound like a dickhead, but you know, you know what I mean? (laughs) It's like Jeff Dunham, the one that had like the... 15 yeah. different guys and he's like on his dick <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that was entertaining but once not i wouldn't be yeah. like oh jeff's in town again let's go check it out and then other people would say how like he's racist because it was like caricatures of like i think a jalapeno on a stick and he did a yeah. you know, hispanic voice and then a skeleton with a turban on and people were like okay but, he I got, mean, he fucking, he made, he got famous, he made money. He so got canceled like, before being canceled was the thing. Yeah, yeah, that 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 was, it was like 15 years ago. Yeah. And now people can pull that out. You remember this? You remember this? I'm like, I don't think he's even really a thing anymore. But, you know, remember that? He, he's bad man. Remember bad man? And I'm like, okay. Remember when good. Kramer was at the Laugh Shack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite stand-up performance. <laughs> Jesus. I like, uh, 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 Dave Chappelle going <laughs> talking about that. Yeah, where he's all like, you know, I understand. As a comedian, I was right there with him. I'm like, they had it coming. <laughs> <laughs> but as a black man, I was like, you can't say that, Kramer. Yeah. But then again, as a comedian, I'm like, you'll get him next set, Kramer. <laughs> it's like, but there was no next set. No. That was pretty good. That was it. Uh, but yeah, I, it's like uh, the with a ventriloquist, like you know the whole not moving the mouth thing while talking or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's it's good. It's a talent for sure, like I said. But it's like reminds me of like um, a banjo player or an accordionist. Like really, they could be fucking ripping it, really, really good at the instrument. And I don't need to ever see it or hear it. Could you imagine just like a singer songwriter that their instrument is a banjo? Yeah. <laughs> or an accordion Urkel style. I'm yeah. like, I don't need to fucking see this. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways, I'm just shitting on dummies. We already or like ventriloquists, whatever. Anyways, so it moves on. So that was kind of a weird opening because it has nothing to do with the episode. No, it was like at a certain point they were getting more in line with episode and jokes, you know, commingling and going together. It's like season Anyways. one where mm-hmm. it didn't match up. But. Yeah, it was just like here's a routine here. 
Mm-hmm. But it opens up at Jerry's apartment. He's on the phone. He's talking uh, to the library about an you know overdue book from 1971. He acts like you know it's a gag. He's like, okay, you got me, kind of thing. Like, is it a radio station? <laughs> you know, uh-huh, you know, funny prank call. You got me, but he's actually legit. And then, um, just so you know. <laughs> Kind of thing, <laughs> like uh, those prank calls and shit that you hear on radio stations aren't real, not at all. They're like laws that they can't do that. Oh, really? And they hire actors and uh, a lot of times comedians to do that. Hmm. So kind of like they just like, oh, these comedians can riff or whatever. Um, like dates that went wrong or you know, War of the Roses kind of thing of like, hey, we're gonna get called your boyfriend up and to see if he's cheating. We'll give him a dozen roses and like, you know, expensive candy. We'll, per, you know, pretend like, hey, you won this. Mm-hmm. Send it to whoever. And that way they would send it to like their girlfriend or oh, somebody they're cheating on them with. Let's check it out. Yeah, it's all set and up. It, it's all fake. Yeah. Fuck. So it's well, like. Uh, that kind of ruins life for me. So if, if that <laughs> ruined anyone's image of comedy on radio, rewind this by two minutes. And then skip by two minutes so you don't hear that piece. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Because uh, on uh, Come Town and Matt and Shane, when they were first starting out, because they were like New York and Philly and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they're kind of, you know, starting out comedians. They're like, hey, for 20 bucks, do you want to do this like bit? It's at uh, noon on the radio. Just like pick up the phone and we'll, we'll call you. And you play, you're the boyfriend. You just act like you're dumb and like, what? I didn't cheat on you. And then Shane's like, <sighs> I'm eating, you know, a can of chunky soup, but I can't fucking do that. <laughs> I'm sitting on, I'm sleeping on a mattress on the floor with like eight other comedians in this house. I'm like, I can't do that shit. <laughs> so even back then, he had integrity. Yeah. And then like, come down the same thing. It's like, Stav and even Nick. He was like, we got offered to do these things. Like, I just can't do it. He's like, it's fucking like that's so cheesy. You realize so what then, you just said? Yeah. <laughs> They're on a podcast even called back Come then, Even back then, he had integrity. Anyway, on Come Town. <laughs> yeah. Nick Mullen. <laughs> but, and that would kind of like, I'm like, I always thought they were kind of cheesy. And then I, when they said that, I'm like, oh, yeah. I think there are certain laws with whatever that they can't do print calls like hmm. that. But they still like, you know, let's, let's push the bit. So anyways, not to, uh, yeah, Santa Claus, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> That'd be great if your wife still she makes gifts for you. It's like from Santa. You're like, I was a good boy this year. I hope it's something good. How did he know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, there. You know, uh, after he gets off the phone, uh, Kramer comes in. He's you know uh, wants to know you know what's going on. You know what was that about? And he talks about uh, the overdue library book from 1971. And then Kramer's like, that's a nickel a day for 20 years. That could be $50,000. What if it was a dime a day? That's $100,000. Okay, so, so that bothered me. That really <laughs> bothered me. I was like, that doesn't line up. So nickel a day. Yeah. So if you had a nickel for January 1st of every year for 20 years, mm-hmm. that'd be five cents times 20. So that's $1. So 20 years worth of a nickel a day is $365. Plus yeah. a quarter for each leap for the leap years. So three hundred sixty five dollars and twenty five cents. 
that's not fifty thousand dollars, Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a hundred thousand either. No, it's three hundred sixty-five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but Fucking yeah, Kramer. <laughs> it's just funny. So um, <laughs> it was still funny. <laughs> he, uh, you know, Jerry says, you know, he's not going to pay anything because he remembers returning the book. It was uh, remembers very vividly. Uh, he returned it when he was with uh, Sherry Becker. You know, uh, she wore an orange dress. And then she was developing this body in secret under these loose clothes. And one day, this orange dress its burned in my memory. <laughs> Kramer, ooh, memory burn. <laughs> Kramer, that's all he had to hear, and he's all about it. <laughs> it's a horn dog. Um, he talks about how it's like they must be cracking down on the overdue books, you know, um, because of a new computer system, whatever. So that's probably how they found them. So he's got to go down to the library and straighten shit out. And then Kramer just casually pulls out a TV guide and talks like he's above having a library card and like and the cheapskates <laughs> that go to the library. You know, just reading newspapers attached to those wooden sticks, trying to save a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh Kramer or you know, Jerry, he's like, you know, tells Kramer he's gotta leave. And he asks Kramer, I was like, Oh, you wanna come to the library? And he's like, Oh yeah, I'll go. <laughs> he's all excited to go. Like he's a dog. <laughs> He's the guy that read the newspaper on a stick. <laughs> he's on got a stick. Jack. <laughs> he's got nothing to do. He's just like reading a TV guy. He's like, oh, oh these dumb morons. I'm above them. Like, you want to go library? Yeah, no, I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's like, let's go on an adventure. <laughs> I got nothing going on. So you wanna go for a walk, boy? You wanna go for a walk? Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh even thinking about it, I haven't been to a library since I was a kid. Like before even high school. I'm like, I hadn't seen a need for it like even in high school any research that had to be done could be online or at the school library if you needed to when check out a book i was young yeah we still needed encyclopedias <laughs> but then like grade 10 the internet came around we had like windows yeah. 3.1 and yeah you could find some stuff but it's still quicker to use a book mm -hmm. but i went to the library to get novels Not okay to read my star wars novels because i couldn't afford to buy them yeah <laughs> But I was I was in the library recently. Um, I went to get blood work, and the same building, like it's a community run place. Yeah. And I gave the blood, and across the hall was a library. So I walked through, and I was like, "What do you do here? Take out a book?" <laughs> it just yeah. felt weird. Cause now I can afford to buy books, and I have mm -hmm. a whole bunch of books over here. Yeah. <laughs> and I bought them all, and only read half them so far. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy, now I can afford to buy the books and not read them. <laughs> yeah, I can't afford to read them. <laughs> I don't have the time to read them. But yeah, I just remember, yeah, a certain point not ever needing to go to a library. And then you know, I guess nowadays they have like computers, you know, with internet access and you know printers mm -hmm. and stuff like that. From what I've heard, again, this is all just hearsay. What the word on the street is. <laughs> and even they have DVDs that you can borrow slash rent or whatever. Mm -hmm. But even that seems outdated because yeah. fewer things you need print like printed. Yeah, I would say here they they uh, passed out COVID swabs. Um, yeah, that's how the government dispersed them. Mm -hmm. And they have like walking poles and like snowshoes and stuff at the library. I'm not sure. When that started, but I heard it's a thing that if you want some snowshoes, you can go borrow them from. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess the last time I went to the library is uh, when I went to go vote. 
Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, this is the place. There's books. Bye. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> Where's the National Geographic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm 34 years old. I'm like, oh, man, I think I'm a fucking Geographic. It's like, <laughs> nice to say that to like the library. Joseph would work with this 200 freaking National Geographic. Uh, that's, he's, always, he's just on the hunt looking for some of those. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, and maybe I just sound like I, you know, I'm you know better than you know thou, but I'm, I just don't see a, a real need for a library. For me, for in my for life. me, yeah. The joke is that, and not I'm like, I was like maybe not going to make this joke, but it's just like that's a place for people who are experiencing homelessness to hang out, <laughs> and it gets into the in this episode. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but anyways, so the guys they're at the uh, library. And uh, Kramer, he's, uh, you know, just pulling for shit to bitch about about the library. <laughs> he's like, mentions the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah. And what a scam that was. That Dewey guy really cleaned up on that one. He <laughs> got me thinking, like, what what is the Dewey Decimal System and how is it a scam? And so I Googled it. Yeah. So this is a quick little just, you know, the Dewey Decimal Classification Colloquially known as Dewey Decimal System, is proprietary is a proprietary library classification system which allows new books to be added to a library in their appropriate location based on subject. How is that a scam? <laughs> Who is getting scammed? And out of what? Yeah. <laughs> the library really spent money on that. <laughs> it's just like who's getting fucked over? <laughs> like we need to organize these books, and Kramer's like, not, yeah. Not bloody likely. <laughs> <laughs> Don't organize my book. <laughs> yeah. So I had mentioned that the guys are there because, you know, George was coming with them. But um, Kramer and Jerry, they're in the library, but they're Georgeless. That'll come up later where he is. So they're waiting for help at the front desk of the library. Uh, a librarian has her back turned towards the guys and is, uh, com- you know, she has a, you know, a stack of books and she's stamping them. And then she's totally ignoring Jerry. It's not related, but kind of, but it reminds me of like when you're at a bar yeah. and the bartender is just completely ignoring you. There's nobody fucking else there. Like there could be like very few people. So it's not like it's a super busy night. I'm fucking fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay. Like one, like the, the other night and I'm like at like a dive bar and then there's no one else, you know, at the bar part waiting to get served. The guy has his back completely turned towards me. I'm like, so I kind of move at an angle. I'm like, hey, I can be in his peripheral. And he's just playing fucking Candy Crush. <laughs> the, like, his phone is illuminating his dumb fucking face. I'm like, fuck. <sighs> I'm like, fuck, man. You can see the candy <laughs> in his glasses. You're, like, You're playing yeah. Candy Crush. It's just mouth. is just uh, swiping around on his finger. Next, he's going to go to <laughs> Tinder just so I can swipe right. <laughs> but I'm like, Anyways, not not really related, but I'm like, man, I'm like, hardest job in the world, bartender. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what fun. are we talking about? It's it would Seinfeld, be. I think. <laughs> it Kurt. would be just like, <laughs> I'm just fucking, you get my hated. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, yeah, so they're right there within earshot of the librarian, and Kramer's just gawking at her. Like, <laughs> and oh, going on, like, highly inappropriately. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, she's a lonely woman. Looking for companionship, a spinster, a virgin. <laughs> she needs a little tenderness, 
a little understanding. She needs a little Kramer. <laughs> I want a shirt that like, says, need a little Kramer. <laughs> she needs a little Kramer. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then Jerry's like, oh, and then she'll need a little, uh, oh, she'll need a shot of penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, That's going to be the, the riskiest joke they've done so far. <laughs> yeah. She's kind of up there for. Or yeah, just she's a virgin. <laughs> oh, yeah. good God! So Jerry gives uh, her the notice that he had got, you know, about overdue, you know, book, and then she says she, you know, uh, this case has been turned over to the library investigator, Mister Bookman. Yeah. And then Kramer's like kind of off to the side; blo- he's blown away that the guy's name is Bookman. Yeah. He's like, that's like an ice cream. <laughs> Ice cream man named Cone. We had here, we had a cardiac surgeon named uh Dr. Hack. (laughs) And then then we had a urologist. His name is Dr. Ram. And we have a cardiologist named Dr. Love. So I was working the other day and I got a doctor called me and I always ask him to spell their last name when the doctor's calling. So I get it right. He says, my name is Dr. Kiss. I'm like, how would you spell that? Like, I'm just thinking, how would you spell yeah. Is it K-I-S-T or K, you know, yes, it's K-I-S-S. I'm like, oh, Dr. Kiss, yeah. just like it sounds. I yeah. said, there's a Dr. Love in Halifax. You guys should start a band. Because <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Love is a Kiss song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and he pretty goes, good. I heard about that. And then kept going on about whatever medical emergency he wanted to talk to me about. I was like, I'm trying like, to make no, jokes. No, no, here, no, no. You don't understand this joke that I have here? Like, enough talking about the sickie. Do you want to, did you hear my joke? Yeah. <laughs> rewind a little bit. Like, did it land? You need <laughs> to clear your ears out. You... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So it's funny it's when funny. you find people with names like that that match their job. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, yeah. What, what I think is funny about this is like neither her or Jerry give a shit. They're just like, uh huh. And <laughs> that's what makes it funnier that Kramer's just like, just <laughs> does anybody get this? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> so she leaves to go uh, get uh, Mr. Bookman. And then uh, George enters the scene with a look of shock, like he's seen a ghost, maybe mm-hmm. a blast from the past. <laughs> so he tells Jerry that it's him. He saw him. And then. They're like, who, who's him? He's like, the homeless guy in front of the, you know, library is Mr. Heyman, the former gym teacher from their high school. Hmm. And then Jerry, you know, it's like, oh, George got him fired. He squealed on him. And then Kramer, ooh, a tattletale. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, all throughout this scene, it's funny, too, I didn't mention, that they're in the library, and they're talking, and they keep getting shushed by some dingus. Reading a you know, newspaper, newspaper on, on, stick. on one of the sticks. <laughs> on his dick. That Jeff Dunham bit really coming through this episode. <laughs> yeah. On, newspaper <laughs> on his dick. <laughs> See, I barely remember any of his bits, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> you got the Jeff Dunham commentary over there. Yeah. Um, so, and then Kramer, you know, they pull off to the side. Like, that's really going to keep the situation quiet. The Kramer asks, like, you know, what the guy did to, you know, get George to, you know, uh, squeal. <laughs> and then uh, you know he's like, oh, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to say. And then Kramer pries, and he hopes to hear it later. I think just to be nosy it has nothing to do with anything. Kramer just like, like, well, I'm here at the library. Let's make the most of my of this trip. Yeah, let's hear some, <laughs> hear some uh, gossip. So she comes back, and Bookman isn't there. He's out on a case. And then Kramer's like, he actually goes out on cases. <laughs> he's so amazed. <laughs> yeah. They, you know, like, okay, well, he'll 
he'll contact you later. And they leave, and then Kramer decides to stick around. And he's, uh, he's you know, he wants to see uh, what a guy has got to do to get a library card around here. <laughs> he's like, I'll, I'll see they, you boys later. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a pretty smooth line. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't yeah. look like it worked. It didn't look like no, it No, it did not, because her face looked like she was just, like, annoyed. Yeah. Like, I'm here to stamp books, not to talk to your ass. <laughs> Anyways, it goes to Elaine's office. First time we saw um, Lane's office. Yeah. And so, first time we saw the fake Lippin. <laughs> yeah. Pendant publishing. And yeah. she's, uh, so she, you know, looks like she's like kind of poking around in different cubicles and she asks the front receptionist where Karen is. She's like, oh, she wants to go uh, pick up lunch. And then Elaine's like, well, she didn't ask if I wanted anything. She's <laughs> like, maybe she forgot. Just kind of like, I don't really care about this situation. The front <laughs> receptionist. Yeah, she's getting my starts, food, that's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting my sandwich or whatever. Yeah. So she starts like just swirling, just crab swirling. Like she's just like, well, I mean, I've ordered lunch with her for three and a half years. Like, it, it, am I getting fired? Like, <laughs> and she's just like, what, just jumping to conclusions. Like, is Littman firing me? You can tell me. And then Mr. Littman comes out just to get a splash of water. From the, you know, water cooler there. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit of water. Again. Like, <laughs> and Elaine asks if uh, she, he saw her latest work. And he just says, yes. Yes, I did. Doesn't comment further. And he just walks away. But, but for you, was a- Lipman Lipman or was it a different actor playing Lipman for you? It was a different. Yeah. Different okay. Guy. I was wondering, yeah. wondering if they've changed that for later on. Mm-hmm. But Maybe, yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, I think it probably thought of as like, Oh, this guy's not going to come up again. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, he doesn't comment on Elaine's question and work. He comments on uh, the water being too cold. And then, you know, which it's just a, it's weird. So this is a weird side story or like B story, whatever Mm -hmm. B plot. Like it's the weakest part of the episode, I'll say. Yeah. It could have not been there and it wouldn't change the damn thing. They do tie it in good at the end, but kind of, but it doesn't need, save it, it for me. It was kind of forced tied in. It wasn't yeah. natural. Yeah. And then, well, it's like they had to just shove Elaine in the episode somewhere. Yeah. It's like, I guess it would be weird not to have her in an episode, but I feel like they've done that before and they do it in the future episode. I feel like when they didn't put Kramer in an episode, he got upset. And when they didn't put George in an episode, he threatened to quit. So I think when they got to this point, they're like, Everyone has to be in every episode. So yeah, the probably... four main the four main characters are all important. Yeah. So it's like, okay, at this point, especially in season three, they're all have made their voice and characters solidified. So you had to put them somewhere. Mm-hmm. It just uh anyways, it, it it to me it just like we'll get get to it, but it's just like the weakest. It's like, okay. Who fucking gives a shit about this? There's yeah. no consequence. Anyways. Yeah. So it goes back to Monks and Elaine's talking about her boss and how he doesn't like any of her work and the whole lunch thing is a big deal. Jerry doesn't really get the whole office politics kind of deal with lunch and her situation. And so she reaches to George like, oh, you had to have my back because you worked in an office and, you know, you know the importance of lunch. And then George is like, I don't know. He blows her off. He's like, I don't understand lunch. I don't know anything about lunch. (laughs) So then he's just basically like me of like this Anyways, back to George. Yeah. <laughs> that that was Skip it. It's like, scene. okay, Continue this on. is boring. Who gives a shit? And then he goes to like, okay, he talks about his own problem with Heyman. Uh, 
because uh, George got him fired. But he's like, that doesn't really mean I'm responsible for turning him into a bum. Yeah. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Could George's, have got another George's, job. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, nowadays they're not bums or homeless really anymore. They are people experiencing temporary homelessness. George, you're canceled. <laughs> uh, I but declare you canceled. <laughs> you are canceled, Jason Alexander. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I just think it's funny. Anyways, we'll, so have, like, to, we'll have to post this, this episode on Twitter. And yeah. Tag. <laughs> um, like, we'll, join we'll us while we cancel Jason Alexander. Is <laughs> need to go back into like Tone Drinks episode? No, Brian, you're canceled. <laughs> you're like, uh, see that logo of yours? I'm taking it. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> you're done. Anyway, so Emily asks, like, okay, because she's like, okay, nobody's going to do on my lunch thing. So let's talk about this. So what, the, what, what did the guy do to get fired? And then he's talking about, like, oh, the guy had it, you know, it out for me. He always mispronounced my name. Uh, can't stand you. <laughs> this is something or that he, like, comes up in my mind at least once a week. <laughs> yeah, can't, can't stand, stand you. <laughs> or he says he purposely mispronounced my name. Can't stand you. And then um, I watch with subtitles on. And I, I've i always said purposefully, purposefully, kind of, mm-hmm. not purposely. And I was like, of course I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> and it does say purposely both, on the on the script too. It says purposely. It is purposely. That's yeah. what he says. Yeah. So I had to look it up and just they're both basically the same thing. By the way, okay. So we're not uh, wrong. We're just wrong in this situation. Purposefully is with greater intent and deliberate aim, as opposed to purposely. So I think um, more powerful word. So Super Saiyan two version of uh, purposely. So. <laughs> Anyways, so that's just me. Like, I got to stop and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to look this up. So, um, anyway, so they go on about how the guy would pick on George and made it like made him smell his own gym socks, made him wear a jock strap the whole class on his head the whole class. <laughs> and Jerry mentioned how he had hygiene, with, you know, with the guy, a uh, hygiene class. And his teeth were like, uh, <laughs> from was it? They came course. from, yeah. <laughs> They came from an exhumed corpse, like little baked beans. And that was the guy who taught hygiene, which yeah. is pretty good. And he goes into, you know, the last straw, the, the firing incident. So it goes to a flashback uh, scene. So in, in the locker room, George has an afro, like, you know, gym class. He's in the locker room and Heyman and three other dudes come up to George. And Ashley brought up, he was very much like Leonard on a Big Bang Theory in this scene. Just kind of... Oh. That nerdy. <laughs> yeah, just a nerdy George with a big afro. He's like, comes up to George. He's like, saw your underwear sticking out of your gym shorts in class. He's like, oh, that's because I wear boxer shorts. Oh, yeah, what brand? He's like, oh, I don't know. And then, they, oh, let's find out. So then they wedgie him. And then it shows him laughing maniacally. That's <laughs> what the subtitle <laughs> says. And then he got fired the next day. So And they explain, hmm? Things you would get fired for today. Yeah. At work, we used to work like 72-hour shifts. Yeah. So we had bunk beds. And I worked with one guy that was about 100 pounds, another guy was over 300 pounds. And the smaller guy was nervous and timid. And he was going on the top bunk one day. And the 300-pound guy goes, what color underwear are you wearing? He's like, oh, I don't know. And he goes, mine are blue. And he had a spare pair like of clean underwear and a skip bed. Mm. And he threw them up and over the bunk bed on the guy's face. 
<laughs> and that guy slept with his pants on for the rest of his time that he was at our base. He would not take his pants off. <laughs> but just a big 300-pound man underwear hitting you right in the face. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. I like that. Right in the right in the kisser. Yeah. <laughs> right in the kisser. But it goes on about how he got fired the next day. And then um, they explain. She's like, what's a wedgie? Elaine's like, what's a wedgie? And so they explain what a wedgie is. It's like, oh, when you pull the underwear and it wedges in between. He's like, oh, God. And then there's the atomic wedgie. <laughs> the goal with that one is to pull the band all the way above the person's head. And Elaine's like, boys are gross. Yeah. It's like, well, what, what do girls do? It's like, oh, we just bully each other until they develop an eating disorder. Kids are <laughs> fucking terrible, man. Kids are terrible. And they still are. Like they, Man, kids are awful. Not all kids, yeah. but there is, you know. Kids are pretty <laughs> fucking mean. <laughs> kids can be so cruel. I crawl on my desk and start crying. <laughs> it's like the Simpsons, like Marge is talking to Homer. It's like, kids can be so cruel. And Bart walks by, we can. And he goes and just <laughs> tortures his sister. Bart! <laughs> Off screen. In grade 10, I, I fit inside one of those half lockers. Oh. And I did not find out on my own. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, that's, that sucks. <laughs> But uh, let's see. Oh, Kramer, you know, swings by monks just to let uh, Jerry know that Bookman's waiting for him at the apartment. Yeah. So it cuts to a stand-up bit about uh, libraries, and la- you know, libraries are like a pathetic friend. You know, you can just borrow stuff from them, and then uh, ju- you know, they they were like, hey, just you can borrow my stuff, and just as long as you're my friend, and then uh, you would return it whenever you feel like. If you if you return it late, like what's what's the worst that's gonna happen? You're gonna charge me a nickel, and so it was like kind of like, yeah, that was like the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, it was it was fine. Yeah, just a little stand up bit. I was like, okay, there's nothing that really stood out there, but it fits the episode. It fits the episode. About li- they mentioned li- the li- talking, about, talking about libraries. So, uh, it cuts to uh, Jerry's apartment, and he, he's uh, in there with Mister Bookman. This is the first time we see him. So actually, we're gonna do something different. We're gonna cut. And we're going to play the scene here with Mr. Bookman because I don't think us reading it can do it justice. No. My notes, the, my only notes for this part is Bookman is so good. Three exclamation points. So <laughs> yes, we're just going to play it for you. And like, like yeah, he's, like we said, he's very live Joe commentary, Fr- which is us laughing and pissing ourselves. He's <laughs> Joe Fry, Joe Friday. There's almost, Jerry's there, but he's almost like can't even react. No. Anyways, and we're trying not to laugh. Both of them are trying to laugh the whole time. So that's good. Here we go. Well, I'm glad you're here so we can get this all straightened out. Would you like a cup of tea? You got any coffee? Any coffee? Yeah, coffee. No, I don't drink coffee. Yeah, you don't drink coffee? How about instant coffee? No, I don't have... <laughs> you don't have any instant coffee? Well, I don't know. I have no I coffee. Have instant coffee. <laughs> I don't. You buy a jar of Folgers crystals, you put it in a cupboard, you forget about it. And later on, when you need it, it's there. It lasts forever. It's freeze-dried. Freeze-dried crystals. <laughs> so intense. Really? I have to remember He's that. like... Won't let him talk. In 1971. <laughs> yes, and I returned it in 1971. Yeah, 71. That was my first year on the job. <laughs> Bad year for libraries. Bad year for America. Hippies burning library cards. Abby Huffman telling everybody to steal books. <laughs> I don't judge a man by the length of his hair or the kind of music he listens to. Rock was never my bag. But you put on a pair of shoes when you walk into the New York Public Library, fella. Look, Mr. Bookman. <laughs> The finger coming I, I up and on yeah. I remember it very specifically. You're a comedian. You make people laugh. I try. You think this is all a big joke, don't you? 
Sure enough, so he can't say out. anything right. You think because you're a celebrity <laughs> that somehow the law doesn't apply to you, that you're above the law? Certainly not. Well, let me tell you something funny. <laughs> you know that little stamp, the one that says New York Public Library? Well, that may not mean anything to you, but that means a lot to me. One whole hell of a lot. Sure, go ahead, laugh if you want to. I've seen your type before, flashy, making the scene, flaunting convention. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. What's this guy making such a big stink about the library books? Let me give you a hint, Junior. Maybe we can live without libraries, people like you and me. Maybe. Sure, we're too old to change the world. But what about that kid sitting down, opening a book right now in a branch of the local library and finding drawings of peepees and wee-wees and the cat in the hat and the five Chinese brothers? Doesn't he deserve better? Look. If you think this is about overdue fines and missing books, you better think again. This is about that kid's right to read a book without getting his mind warped. Or maybe that turns you on, Seinfeld. Maybe that's how you get your kicks. You and your good time buddies. Well, I got a flash for you, Joy Boy. Party time is over. Seven days, Seinfeld. That is one week. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so good. Because <laughs> he's just like, so he, he's like, his interaction with Jerry, it's like, you know, you can tell Jerry can barely keep it together. It's yeah. more like a monologue because oh, the yeah. guy will go on and ask like a non sequitur question, really, that doesn't pertain to Jerry, his library book, and then just answering it, inferring that Jerry is the as at fault. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a few times, like I, he almost breaks a few times. It's so good though. It's like I know that stamp in the library book doesn't mean a lot to you, but it means a lot to me. A whole <laughs> hell of a lot. And he's just like, <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Uh, that was like I couldn't really do it justice. We had to play yeah. it. So yeah. he leaves, and across the hall, the librarian she's leaving Kramer's apartment. Luckily, she slams the door quickly and hides from Bookman and. Kramer's apartment. She was unnoticed because he was so, you know, you know, he was still talking to Jerry. Uh, she could get fired. She's just, you know, she's supposed to be at work at the time and she can't leave because she's just infatuated with Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably so. Yeah. Out of work. So as, dirty looking. Yeah. So as a uh, bookman leaves, uh, Jerry's yelling at him that he's like, I'm not, you know, he's not paying. He's like, returned the book in 1971. He's got a witness, Sherry Becker. She wore an orange dress. He's yelling this. <laughs> she gave me a piece of blackjack gum. I said, licorice gum? What are they going to think of next? <laughs> What's so the decides, deal with licorice gum? <laughs> yeah. So he decides that he's got to reach out uh, to Sherry and see if she remembers. Like, you know, she can be his witness. So it cuts to monks and uh, with Sherry. And the joke is that she's not, I mean, time didn't do her any, any favors. Yeah. <laughs> and her voice is in that thick New York accent. It's a low-hanging fruit joke, but it, it works. It's fine. It's not offensive. It's not, it's not like, the person he was expecting to be talking yeah. to. Yeah. And it's not like, uh, oh, get a load of this ugly bitch kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, she's a mom. She has a bunch of kids. Yeah. And maybe... And especially for the viewer, you're expecting like she's gonna be pretty hot. The way that Jerry described you're her, expecting like Marissa Tomei. Yeah, and the chicks that Jerry's <laughs> dates, you're like, oh, she's gonna be. Anyways, 
So he, he asks her details about the day at the library. And nothing matches up. Like her story, she wore a purple dress. And it was the Tropic of Capricorn. And she was chewing, chewing dentine gum. And then he remembers uh, that he had both books. Tropic <laughs> of like, Cancer. Remember dentine? Yeah. <laughs> Shows her pearly whites from yeah. chewing the dentine gum. <laughs> from dentine. And then um, he had both books. Uh, Cancer and Capricorn, and he was going to um, lend, you know, George the Tropic of Cancer. Mm -hmm. And so it cuts to a flashback of the locker room where Jerry, uh, he's handing George the book. And then, you know, he's going to, you know, George says, oh, don't worry, I'll return it the next day. It's kind of weird dialogue, sorry, uh, that it's like, Here's the book. Don't let anybody see it and don't let anything happen to it. I know. I'm like, <laughs> so weird. Like, what the hell? And also, I was like, why couldn't George just take out the book? Yeah, it's, it's free. Yeah. I mean, it's a book. Was it like a desired book or is it like too smutty? Because like kind of uh, Sherry was talking about how they were reading like passages from the book to each other. I don't even know what the they book were is. Sure, I should look that up. Yeah, that's the one thing I didn't do. Should have done our homework. Yeah. I'm going to buy so it just, for you for Christmas. Yeah. You watch <laughs> watch your mailbox. So, but as as uh, Jerry, you know, remembers everything, he's coming back to him. He leaves Sherry, and he's got to go talk to George. So, it cuts to a, an evening at uh, the library. It's just Kramer and the librarian. I didn't catch her name. Marion. Oh, Marion. It's like librarian. But Marion. But Marion. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Kramer and Marion are at uh, the library. They're walking around, and she's reading poem her poems to Kramer, and he's he really likes them. And then he's like, "Oh, you ought to be published," kind of thing. So it's like um, she they also kind of mention how the library is pretty cool when it's closed and nobody's there, and you could yell and it's all echoey. So they both just start yelling, "Hello, hello!" Which made me very uncomfortable <laughs> screaming really? in a library like that. I was like, <laughs> just. Felt unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> so they they're yelling, and then book, Bookman comes out behind them. He says hello, <laughs> and then they're all both like, <gasps> like he's the cops or something. Yeah, <laughs> because he has that cop attitude. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll do my best to Bookman. This is another one, but we'll not play this. But he's like, he just goes on. This is another monologue. I remember when the librarian was a much older woman, kindly, discreet, unattractive. We didn't know anything about her, her private life. We didn't want to know anything about her private life. She didn't have a private life. Well, you're thinking about that. Think about this. The library closed at five o'clock. No exceptions. This is your final warning. Got that <laughs> Cupid doll? <Yeah. laughs> He's just so intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just There's no room for her to like, say anything. And then he just like got that Cupid doll. So I had to look at what Cupid dolls were. So apparently they were just Cupid type dolls in the 1960s based off a comic strip. And I was like, I had to look it up, but you can kind of get it from the context pretty much. We'll put it in the so, thumbnail on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> Cupid dolls and Bookman. Yeah. So he, he storms up. He storms off like a cop. Cause he's got his duster after he scolds <laughs> her. <laughs> and then it goes uh, back to Jerry's and Elaine's talking about how her boss won't wants to see her. So again, with the boss thing. Mm hmm. And then, uh, you know, Jerry's off off uh, screen. He says, maybe you're getting a raise. And she's like, maybe I'm getting a wedgie. <laughs> and then 
Harriet tells how her boss hated that Columbus biography that she recommended. Mm-hmm. Columbus, Euro trash. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Kramer is, you know, there, uh, the, you know, you know, dining table or whatever. And he's just crying, reading his girlfriend's poetry, you know, because they're so moving. And then he leaves because he's bawling and he just leaves the notebook there too. Elaine picks it up and thumbs through it. And then George, you know, uh, buzzes up. He uh, says he talked to the homeless guy uh, and it is, in fact, Heyman, the old gym teacher, yeah. sat next to the guy and uh, George proceeds to jog his memory. And then the guy smiles and then George has got to leave. Like, he's like, oh, I got to get out of here. And he's, as he goes to run away, he's stopped. He's being held back by Heyman. <laughs> he had George's underwear. <laughs> and there he was. At the library, in public, a grown man getting a wedgie. I haven't gotten a wedgie as a grown man. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> he was. He got a wedgie from homeless Heyman. <laughs> and uh, Elaine, you know, tries to you know, console him. It's like, well, at least it wasn't atomic. It was. <laughs> and George pulls out the band that broke from his underwear <laughs> out Which of his pocket. I didn't notice. This was another Ashley being very keen watching it. He wasn't wearing boxers anymore. He's a brief man now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of want to know, when did George start wearing briefs? <laughs> yeah, he's a boxer boxer guy, which yeah. is funny because I'm like, oh, I'm a boxer brief guy. Me too. Like, yeah. I boxer wear socks too. now. Do you know what? Have you seen socks? No. There's a little mesh and elastic thing that kind of goes around the sides and just kind of holds everything in place. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. Look them up. <laughs> I have these Hanes one that... Hanes ones that are probably a ripoff of that. You can buy probably There's, like five yeah. pairs of Hanes for one pair of these sacks. They're mm-hmm. great. <laughs> they should sponsor us. If, if yeah. you're listening, Mr. Sacks with the double Mr. X, Sachs. give us yeah. a call. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but um, so Jerry tells George that it, you know, he was the one who was supposed to return the book, but he never did. Yeah. Like, and then it goes to, it's like, what? Flashbacks again to the locker room scene. But it plays the whole thing. So it plays, uh, you know, Jerry giving George the book and then the, that whole scene. And then it goes to George getting a wedgie. And except this time, I love how they repeated the scream as he's getting wedgied. It's like, <laughs> ow, 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 <laughs> <laughs> echoing and shit like that as it zooms in on his face. <laughs> and he dropped the book in the locker room. So he dropped Tropic of Cancer in the book. In the locker, and that? Dropped the book in the locker room. So that's yeah. where it laid. And so it cuts to the library and uh, Jerry's writing a check to Mr. Bookman. He's like, he's like, what did it, you know, he's like at, at the end of it, he's like, so what is your problem? What's my problem? Punks like you, that's my problem. <laughs> and you better not screw up again, Seinfeld, because it, if you do, I'll be all over you like a pit bull on a poodle. <laughs> <laughs> and then he leaves. And then... Elaine mentions how he's like, oh, you know, I took your suggestion and, um, you know, gave my boss Marion's poems, the ones that Kramer liked so much. And then he's like, oh, did you like them? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, yeah. And then, uh, oh, yeah. So that's the Elaine story finished. Yeah. And then George comes in and he's like, oh, he mentions how he didn't. He was kind of looking, but he didn't see Heyman. He's like, oh, no, he's not there. He must have gone and left. So then it cuts to homeless Heyman, and he's uh, 
sleeping outside at night, and he's smiling and repeating, can't stand you. Can't stand you. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> and he has a Tropic of Cancer book with his pile of shit. Yeah. He has the book. <laughs> yep. Cuts to a stand-up bit of, you know, talking about uh, Jim Day in school was like, uh, was, you know, weird. It's like Lord of the Flies out there. You're climbing a rope. People are yelling at you. Balls are flying everywhere. And then you, you go, you know, cuts. And then you go to the science class, literature, you know, history, whatever. It's like, what a weird day. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to think of, like, my gym class. I was never really good at sports, but I never really minded gym class. It was oh, fine. Cause I, I think, enjoyed gym. Yeah. I think no one really cared. Like, if you sucked at a sport or whatever, they're kind of just like, all right, here you go. And it's like, you're doing soccer. And some people loved the shit out of soccer. And they were like, took it so seriously. I'm like, God damn, it's balls. You kick it like you're trying to take my head off. Yeah. <laughs> there was, and then I was in karate. And there's one older kid. He's like two years older, which was a big difference back then. And I was always a small kid. Mm-hmm. And like, when you did practice punches and stuff into the blocks, he would hurt my arm blocking me. I'm like, what are we doing here? Just coming down and just smacking <laughs> me with this arm. And I'm like, I was like, why are we getting so rough? We're supposed to be kids playing, having fun. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, relax. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, I never really minded gym class. But anyways, so it was a great episode. But like I said many times throughout this, I, I think Elaine's contribution was weak as fuck. Yeah. I mean, it had I like how they do. tied it in that she was struggling at work. She needed a book. Kramer's mm-hmm. girlfriend had poems. She, they, they tied it in okay, but it still wasn't the strongest part of the episode. And she's such a strong character to have such a weak episode. Yeah. You could have put this in any other episode. Mm -hmm. Only the fact that the poems at the very end kind of, that was it. So do you read poems? No. Never. I don't ever read poems. Oh, except for when you're forced to in school. Yep. But music is, is, I think that's like, like poetry. That, that applies. Like I'll like reading lyrics and going back and like, if I, you know, to like, I think with school enforcing writing poetry and reading poetry and stuff like that really put a bad taste in my mouth. And yeah. then once I started liking music and writing music, I'm like, Oh, these are poetry. You know, it, this is poetry put to music. It was poetry know, you for, want to do as opposed yeah. to poetry you're forced to do. Yeah. And then I have my own style and what I like to get out of it for me. And not that it's unique, but I am definitely like regimented to where I'm like, has to rhyme these lines, mm-hmm. you know, they have to rhyme. Cause I know there's songs that they don't in, there's no rules in music and even in poetry and stuff like that. But I'm like, it feels like it's just talking if it's not rhyming. That's true. You're like mm-hmm. Henry Rollins. Yeah. <laughs> if so, you want to hear some Brian's poetry, check out playing without a pilot. Yes. And his new band, just in case just dropped a new single last week. Yes, we did. And we are late this week because I was hit with a hurricane and Brian had a hurricane of gigs last week. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) That's a good segue. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we're kind of done here. So great episode. Um, Despite Elaine's parts being kind of (laughs) like. I still thought it was awesome. I think Bookman was a great. I think Bookman was a great character, great contribution yeah. to this. And it kind oh, of sucks it, it, that he it, was a one-off character. He was so good. Like, yeah. But I, it's also like, he maybe he gave it all for that one performance. If you, you bring him up again, it's like, he's, what, what is he going to do? 
Yeah, that's true. You couldn't keep that same line going. So, yeah. Yeah. He's definitely one of the most memorable one-off characters. One-time characters, yeah. I think he's up there with Soup Nazi, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of one-off, we have a link down below. One link to bring you to all our socials. A link tree link. I like it. One-off link. (laughs) So click on that. You can find us on Instagram, on Twitter. You can find our YouTube, our Spotify link, I think is in there. Anyway. I color coordinate. I match the colors perfectly to our logo. It's yeah. it, it, it's pretty. Pretty pretty awesome. Real yeah. nice stuff over there. <laughs> All right. Uh I think we're bringing this in for a landing. Let's get out of here. Uh yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh follow us on all those social media deals. Uh, su- subscribe on YouTube and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye now.